everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mad Yet Mighty. It is episode 50, y'all. And while I would love for that number to be higher, you know, life just sometimes is a fickle, funny creature, right? But I am happy to be here. I'm happy to be recording episode 50. And honestly, I feel so much energy and adrenaline coursing through my veins. I feel like this is just the perfect. I'm so excited to like dive in and talk about certain things on this episode. And for it to be 50, 50 is just like a significant number. And I, I'm excited and I'm ready to just blab on and on and on about some well, specifically Elvis, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So we will definitely get into that. Um, But I wanted to take a minute first before we get into all the good stuff and just say that um, thank you so much for the people who reached out to me after last week's episode. Um, For almost 100 of you, you got to hear (laughs) an episode with certain content that was on it that I then removed from the episode. So not everyone got to hear the full episode last week. Um, But I, for reasons that, you know, I was actually honestly the first time I feel like I came, I feel like I was not being canceled, but it was the first time that I've really have kind of had some controversy with stuff that I, and honestly, not really even side, but just a story. I shared a personal story about my past that had to do with Roe Roe v. Wade, and I just felt that um, it was best to remove it from the podcast because of the because of the backlash that it received. So for the people that did listen, and for the listeners that reached out to me personally, I uh, greatly, greatly appreciate you. My heart greatly appreciates you for allowing me to share a very intimate story and an intimate detail of my past and for allowing space for that in your ear holes. So love you tons. But um, so I hope everyone had a great 4th of July. It's crazy that it's already July. And honestly, (laughs) July makes me like starts to panic me a little bit because I feel like May and June and summer like it's summer and it's real and it's the beginning of summer and just everything is alive and you're you're feeling ready you're busting your shorts out you're like this is gonna be the greatest summer ever and it feels like June always feels like it lasts a really good amount of time it's like it's June and it's warm and you're getting that first little taste of that heat on that skin and you're just like I love this and then July 4th rolls around and everyone's jacked and excited obviously because we have time off work and I don't know about if it's just me or I don't know if y'all felt this but coming coming back from like fourth of July break coming back from like any break when you have like time off work or coming from a vacation that day back I don't know why but the day back after the fourth of July long weekend I'm felt mega depressed (laughs) like like I just could not get in I could not shake it and then Wednesday rolled around and I was fine, but Tuesday was Tuesday was dark. But I hope everyone had a really great Fourth of July. I hope you spent time outside. I hope you shot some fireworks or had some drinks or spent time by the water. I know that Fourth of July. I feel like every year it just is a sensitive. It's like a sensitive topic because I feel like there's always there's always some type of politica politica. <laughs> there we go. There's the first 
Megan Flub, um, there's always some kind of political agenda happening or there's always some insane social issue that we're facing around that time. And this year is, I know there's people that are like, why do we celebrate our freedom when we don't really have like, and all that. And I, that just, it's, it's crazy how it's always around the same time. But I know that there's a lot of people who are feeling that kind of weight as well. So I'm hoping that everyone could just take the time off and appreciate the certain things that we do have in life and here in America, which I know that there's things that obviously make America really crappy and there's really great things about other countries, but there are some really great things about America that other countries do not have. So I'm grateful for that. Just, yeah. Yeah. So hope everyone enjoyed their time, had some restorative time. I uh, got back from Key West and rolled right into a nice long weekend, which was just lovely. Uh, but Key West was fun. I have never been to Key West before, Key West, Florida. Uh, if anyone's been to Putin Bay in Ohio, I literally think it's like the Putin Bay of Florida, except there are some like different. Th- I mean, it's funny. Like, so Key West, there's not really beaches, which I think you think that's crazy because you're literally like down in like Caribbean blue waters, almost close to Cuba. We, we went to like the most southern point of Key West and there was like this big buoy that had this line of tourists that you could stand in line and take this picture in front of. And it was like 90 miles to Cuba. And it's just like wild to even think about. But yeah, beaches aren't really a thing in Key West, which like was just so befuddling to me. I was like, okay, that's, I, I guess that's cool. I didn't really, but really there is not. There is a, they have a national, they have the national, one of their state parks there. That's where Fort Taylor is, which was involved in some of the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm not a historian. So I tried to like suck in and take in some of the history, but I could not rattle off the wars that took place at that fort. Um, but it was, it, but it was very, from somebody who can very much appreciate the outdoors and just like visuals, it was stunning and beautiful because it's right on the water. But there was, there was a beach on, there was a beach there, but again, very like rocky and the sand's not really like clean. Um, I mean, it's clean, but just like there's shells and rocks and other things. And the water is, they have, Key West is apparently when you go, we were told that it's like recommended to get out into the water next time because there's ton of coral the water is crystal clear so there was a lot of there was a lot of snorkelers and scuba diver divers and catamarans which we did not take part in but if I ever go back I definitely want to whip on a scuba diving mask not a scuba diving scuba diving you have to get certified and I, I don't know I'm I'm just like nervous about scuba diving I think it would be fun but I something about it freaks me out and I just I'm not sure I'm not sure how I feel about it. Snorkeling, all about it. Give me, slap me on a mask and let me, now the old mask, when I was a kid, when you would put that little nasty mouthpiece in your, and you had a flimsy little side flute that you would strap on to goggles that would literally cut, cut shards into your face. And the goggles are always foggy. You're always coming out. You're always breathing on them. You're always like, this is the trick when you dip them in the sea or dip them in the seawater. And it never did anything. That's the like snorkeling mask that I was used to. But I'm seeing these new snorkeling masks everywhere where they're like, it's a full face mask and it has this piece built into it. And the, the top is covered. It's not like that little 
Jiminy Ricket flute that would like always flap in the water when you would scuba dive, not scuba dive, snorkel. And it's, so we looked them up and like water cannot get in it and you can breathe out of it. Absolutely brilliant. Totally want to buy one and just like go crazy and go ham. So yeah, definitely would go snorkeling next time. I have been snorkeling once in Mexico. Was it, was it when we went on a cruise when I was 14? I went snorkeling once and was doing the whole thing. I love a set of flippers. Like don't even get me. I loved putting on flippers when I would go to like the gym pool when I was younger and they would always have flippers there, like at whatever kind of sportsplex. And I would put the flippers on and just get nutty in the pool with how fast I could swim. Big fan, big fan of a set of flipper. It feels a little strange putting on, but once you get it on and get going, man, there's nothing like it. But I went snorkeling one time and was like having a great time it was feeling peaceful and then I looked down as I was snorkeling and swimming probably about five feet below me I would say yeah about five feet I saw just a really like really beautiful long kind of scary fish and I went oh that's funny that's a barracuda and completely flipped freaked out, swam back to the boat. Nobody saw me. And I was like, does nobody else see these barracudas below us? And I got back on the catamaran and that was the end of my snorkeling. So um, I definitely would love to give it another go. But Key West was fun. We stayed in a, we stayed in a resort when we were there. And the resort had a pool, obviously, but there was this sign by the pool and I noticed it the first day we were there and it said, do not feed or touch the iguanas. And I was like, there's no way this is real, right? Like this isn't a real thing, iguanas. And I didn't see any around and I was like, oh, I wonder if they mean iguanas are like those small little lizards. I was like, I wonder if that's like a type of iguana too. So throughout the, like an hour goes by, we, we got out to the pool around 10, an hour goes by, another hour goes by, and then you start to hear people, you start to hear the crowd get a little, get, get a little jittery, and people are starting, whoo, what's that, oh, and you hear like noises, and you look up, and I'll be darn, there are iguanas walking around the pool, and I was like, okay, this is the craziest, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen, and Now, the sign clearly said, don't feed the iguanas. But what did the people next to us do? They started feeding the iguanas. And before I knew it, there were literally like eight iguanas all over the place. I mean, they have all different shades, all different colors. You know which one's grandpa because he's big and he's silver. And then you got the little pups. I mean, these things were everywhere. Then they're by the pool. Then they're laying in the pool. And then they're drinking from the pool. It's pool with salt water. Don't worry, folks. It was not a... It was there. We don't have a chlorine situation on our hands, killing the local iguanas. And creepy enough, creepily enough, there is a, there was a palm tree, almost like not in the middle of the pool, but like looked like it was in the middle of the pool. And it was different than the other palm trees. It was a really thick, bushy one. All of the iguanas live up in that palm tree, and you would see them like crawling down the tree, and like it was, it was one of the most wild things I've ever experienced. It was so cool. They were literally like pigeons, or or like seagulls. Like that's how they acted. They were so fine with people. Like you'd just be sitting at you're sitting in your chair, and you'd look over, and there'd be like an iguana just like walking past you. I was like, this is the most wild thing ever big fan big fan of the um big fan of the iguanas so that was like a little fun little like animal encounter 
And then they have a nice, like, well, I mean, nice, like, fun. I don't know about, I, I wouldn't say, like, ne- like nice. But they have, like, their downtown Duval kind of downtown street where they have all, like, the bars and the shops and the ice cream shops. Man, there's a dang ice cream parlor on every corner. And one night we went to three different ice cream places in a row because we weren't happy with the one prior. So we're like, all right, we're just going to keep trying the ice cream. Um, Went to a couple, but yes, very fun to like bar, like bar crawl. Everyone's in their bathing suits. Like it's not a, it's not a, like you can, like I saw people like in some like, you know, summer dresses, but no, everyone's walking around in their bathing suits and jean shorts or tank tops, super low key, very laid back, which I can totally get down on. Don't get me wrong. I can get down on a good like dress up, but nothing I love more than just kicking back in a pair of Burks and a pair of jean shorts and a tank top, just like hanging. That's like, that's my kind of vibe. Sipping some, sipping some bevies while they're playing Jimmy Buffett everywhere. You know, like that. I'm just, I'm just cool with that. A lot of cool, like cute little places where they would have all like these old, it's really interesting about Key West. They have all these beautiful old, like Victorian homes that people will are keeping them up and their bed and breakfasts, but they're like all these beautiful colors. And so like they'll have these tables set out on the front lawn. Everything's very compact. So like very much like right next to each other. So you'll have like these big, beautiful, like Victorian homes. And then like there's tables in the front lawn because it's like a restaurant. People are sitting, they have lights strung. And then right next door is like another like eatery. And it's, it was really cool. I would love, I would love to go back and I'd love to get a little Airbnb with, um, gotta have a pool since there is no beach. Gotta have a pool there because it is sweltering, sweltering. Now, South Carolina is humid, but Key West is like tropical humid. And it is, it was wild. Like just constantly, every time you look at a window, there's, it looks like it's just had this huge storm just because the amount of humidity and like condensation, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you're literally wet the entire time you're there. If it's, it'll be sunny and beautiful and like your, your clothes are wet, your shorts are wet, you're wet. So you have to just be like, you have to be ready to just let it all hang out and just not care because you're going to be sweating. And, but it's, it's all, it's all for the best. It's all for the vibe. People in, uh, people in golf carts everywhere, love a golf cart experience. My family, actually, we rented a six person golf cart and we strapped my sister's baby and that is Carson. And I'm going to take a pause because it sounds like somebody is at my door. So hold please. And false alarm. There is nobody there. I guess that's what happens when your dog starts to become an elderly man. He is a beagle though. So he has great hearing and we do have somebody moving upstairs. So hopefully we can keep it on lock. Um, Okay, what was I saying? Yes, my family, we rented a six-person golf cart and strapped my sister's baby in in her um, car seat and just rode around town, baby. That's the way to do it. Bebop around, stop from stop to stop, swing up that golf cart and park it on the curb and walk into a place and eat, hop back in that golf cart, drive it down the street, go to the next spot. It was fun. It was good. The weather was beautiful. So it was a fun trip, fun little quick quick little just we did it just for fun it wasn't like planned or anything it wasn't like a planned family vacation just a couple little days my uh, brother's now a flight attendant so we are reaping we are reaping the fruit of my brother being a flight attendant and being able to give certain people in the family um buddy passes uh, which is like 
a whole different crazy thing of flying. I've never, I never knew like flying standby was a thing. I would always see those screens at, at the airport and just be like, Oh, I wonder what it's like to be like special and have all these upgrades and different and like standby is, I mean, standby is cool, but like standby is definitely like it's, there's like this whole underground world at the airport that I didn't even know about. Like people just, there's so many people just like flying standby, which is, I guess there's different types of standby. I'm a non rev standby. I think it's called in the, uh, in the flight attendant, the airport world, which means that I'm not a paying I have not paid for a ticket and I have a family member who is a flight attendant and I have been gifted a buddy pass, which is a, um, quite an amazing thing. And I'm just like seeing what flight I can get on. So if there's seats, you hop on and you have to wait until everyone gets on the plane and see if you got a seat. And if not, you bounce to the next one. It's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's really great. Obviously perk is like, you're not paying for flights, but then you have to kind of, you have to kind of like, account in for like maybe not getting on the flight that you planned but hey I'm all about it so that was um that was a fun little that was a fun little tidbit fourth of July uh went to the beach here in South Carolina went to Charleston spent a beach day uh had a pool day kind of just hung out didn't really have any like didn't really have any shenanigans um stayed inside with had, had a little AC ate some ate some good food um but it was a nice long fourth of July weekend and um, and here we are. Here we are. Uh, this week I'm actually headed to, it's another short week for me, I'm headed to our um, our youth ministry's h- huge uh, summer camp that we do every year, that Elevation does every year. And we're going to Charlotte um, for three days, two nights. We have over 2,000 youth and 500 volunteers, um, Youth X 2022. And it is going to be amazing and I cannot cannot wait so that is happening this week Wednesday Thursday and Friday so um I will be on the next episode well I'll be back from that so yes super much super looking forward to going there it's like it's like it's crazy because I don't even want to call it like vacation bible school because it's not that at all but it is a It is a summer camp that is created for teenagers to experience God. And it is one of the most amazing. Our youth ministry at Elevation is one of the most just incredible, impactful. It's it's impacted me just as much as I know that it's impacted our teenagers. And being there and being a part of it and feeling feeling God move in ways and and reaching teenagers in ways um, of today is just so important and culture can take hold of people and especially teenagers and young impressionable minds and and seem like it can it can seem that like culture is all that matters and staying up with the trends is all that matters and looking up to other people and in in like celebrity and like don't, don't get me wrong like I love talking about like I pot calling the kettle here but like it it's just our youth ministry does a really great job of tackling really difficult topics for our teenagers and, and, and showing them to turn to God and showing and teaching and reaching them with visuals and music and ways that is changing so many lives all over, literally all over the globe. So I'm honored to be able to be a part of it. And I cannot wait. Um, I have 14 of my girls that um, we will be going that are in my high school group 
that we'll be going to together. And I'm just really excited and really expected and looking forward to just watching each of their lives be impacted in these in these days that we're all together. So super excited. Um, I want to I'm like, I had this thought. So I was walking. I was walking the other day and like my 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 walks are always just extremely introspective. <laughs> like I feel like I'm just sorting out life and I'm like talking to God and hearing from him on my walks and just like sorting random things out and I had like this realization that I just felt like I wanted to like talk and air out and share but I had this realization that I I I feel like I get lost. I get lost so in certain situations with certain people in my life. I feel like I get lost in the thought of like when I realize I need to let that person go for or whoever they are or whoever they were to me or whatever our relationship was. I feel like I get so caught up in the in the in the loss instead of being so excited and and grateful and thankful for what I will experience in return of letting that person go and I really I was it like hit me like a ton of bricks I was like why do we why why is it so hard and why do we get caught up on like the letting go part instead of what we're going to receive and and get in return from letting that person go and or whatever relationship would that it is to me or to or to or to us or to you and what good comes on the other side of that it just I because I've had a couple of situations and this is just I feel like very this is just very common but recently I'm just kind of I was turning I was turning things over like okay what can I like work on what are some things that like I need to kind of shift and like kind of adjust my perspective on I'm always trying to like I'm just always trying to better myself like humanly and like behaviorally and like in my mind and like mentally like how can I just be a better healthier person and this just kind of came to light and it it was just because when we let the things go that are not meant for us the good that comes from releasing that is is even better right so like I I want to just focus especially for someone like me and I think what I'm speaking to and it it could be friendships it can be family members it can be not even just like letting it it really can honestly I guess apply to anything like letting anything go that is not meant for us or doesn't fit us or that we weren't created for but be excited about like what that means that we're actually realizing and acknowledging that and letting that go and allowing something else to come in its place that is going to be better and that is going to be bigger I feel like there's this such specific internal unrest that I feel and that I think we feel as humans when we're trying to like make something fit or like we're trying to fit into a role with somebody else or we're trying to make somebody else fit into the into a role that we want or that we have built these expectations on and I don't know about you but I get these physical feelings inside of me and I feel like they just need to be like warning signals and why do we always ignore them why why but that's something that I just I just hope that I can sharpen and that I can get better at but just kind of food for thought. Like, why do we focus so much on the letting go when we should be focusing so much more on what we're going to be getting 
and opening up ourselves to because we've let that go. Like we should be excited about what's to come and like, cause there is going to be better. Like there is going to be better and there is going to be greater and you are going to find, or f- you are going to, you're going to allow better things into your life. So I, that's just, that was one of my, like one of my little blibs of the week. Does it, does that just give you a little, a little sneak peek into my mind? <laughs> Good and a bad thing. Um, Y'all, let's, let's just stretch and let's dive in. I am so excited. So I have to be honest. I, last night I went and saw, and this is coming out on Monday. So today is Friday. Last night I went and saw Elvis and I've been waiting to see this movie. I'm, I am a huge fan of, um, Baz Luhrmann films and I just, I, I obviously was hearing the buzz around it. I loved, I love when we get like a casting choice that is someone who is notable, but not, hasn't had this huge gigantic career. And it's this like massive role. I always love the journey. It's the actor in me. It's the, I love the journey that the actor goes on from the time that they're chosen to like, pre-production when you're hearing all about them when you're hearing how they got the role and then they're in the role and then watching them just kind of watching somebody just come alive it is one of the joys of my life and that is exactly what happened with Elvis and Austin Butler finding out that Austin Butler got the role was obviously like I think everyone was surprised I mean, the guy's IMDb, like he has been in a, he has been a working actor since gosh, 2007. So in the acting world, like all you want to be doing is booking. Like you want to be a working actor. When you're a working actor, you're making money. You're obviously doing what you love, no matter, you know, what kind of projects. And, you know, like everyone, like I think chooses when they choose and accept projects, they obviously feel like it's something that they want to do and that they're excited. Now, that's not always the I don't think that's always the case. But for the most part, like, if you're getting roles, like, you're excited about it. Like, you just want to be at, you just want to be doing what you love and, like, doing your craft. So now when you look at Austin Butler's past work, like, Hannah Montana, Ned's Declassified, iCarly, like, I, Zoe 101, like, I always considered him, like, a Disney Wizards of Waverly Place like he was that kind of you know he's been that kind of guy however we've had a lot of really talented kids talented actors Zendaya um I mean that's literally I like I mean okay you we I think Zendaya is fantastic but then we have like a Vanessa Hudgens who obviously is like done a lot of work and is like I know that she's kind of some people will say some things about her, some whatever. And then you have like, hello, Miley Cyrus. And like, there's there's a, t- a million more. Like, hello, my, the love of my life, Zac Efron. Like, talented people come out of this stuff. But it can sometimes not be really, I guess, respected work from like a critic's standpoint or from like an audience's standpoint. So Austin Butler has, again, been consistently working I know he's done some um, he's done some stage work too, where he's worked with Denzel Washington, which was Denzel was a huge um, part of Austin getting the role because he personally called up Baz Luhrmann 
and requested that he put a word in for him and just said that he was an incredible, like an incredible young man and a really hard worker. And he totally just spoke to him as a person. And it was like, it was a huge, it was a huge part, I think, of when Baz was casting. So for anyone who's not familiar with Baz Luhrmann, he has um, some, some, some well-known films by him are uh, Moulin Rouge, Australia, Great Gatsby. My gosh, what are some of the other um, Romeo and Juliet where he did the um, screenplay? Like he's the, the get down. He is, he's big, like he's big. His films are big. They're colorful. They're bright. They're energetic. And I was expecting Elvis to be all of those things. So there was just a lot of going into this film. There was a lot of hype. There was a lot of pressure. This is the first big biopic that's ever been done about Elvis. So, I mean, all eyes are on Austin Butler. And can you just imagine, like, the role of a lifetime? Now, I know there's been people, there's been trolls saying that he doesn't look anything like Elvis. Y'all, if you see this movie, which you should see this movie, and being somebody who, okay, clearly, obviously, I didn't grow up when Elvis was alive, but, like, have seen footage and seen pictures and Austin Butler, I mean, it is, like, startling when you're watching this movie and some of these, like, some of these profiles and even some of the forward with the hair when he's performing. Okay, so, I, I mean... So saw the movie last night was completely, completely just enamored by it. I, I truly could not, I mean, I was sucked in. I didn't even know how long the movie was. I I knew it was got to be at least two hours, but I didn't care. Like I wanted it to be longer. I wanted to see more of Austin Butler as Elvis. I, he was absolutely incredible he was electric I couldn't take my eyes off him I didn't want to take my eyes off him it was making me and now I obviously am familiar with like Elvis's greatest you know Elvis's music and I know like I remember like just hearing tidbits about him growing up like Elvis was in the army and like my grandma talking about like Elvis was in movies and but neither of my parents were like huge huge like like Elvis super fans so like I didn't really grow up with like us playing music in the house but like obviously like I I can't tell you how many times when I was a child I'm gonna sing you ain't nothing but a hound dog and then like in Casper like there's a whole like Elvis song like just just remember all of his hits so yes I did not grow up with Elvis but watching watching Austin Butler it's 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 special it's magnetic when I when the movie ended I couldn't even breathe. I was driving home. My heart was like racing. I I felt so inspired by him. And so just like, like my, I felt just like, so I wanted to like literally podcast last night and I didn't, but like I came home and just was like brainstorming and like crafting this and like thinking about what I want to talk about for this episode. But I literally felt like I could do anything after that movie. Like, there are movies that inspire me so much and, and make me and like fill me and like make me remember and like why I love 
film and like why I love movies and why I love acting so much. It, it like there's no for me, there's no equal feeling of like getting out of a movie that has just completely transported me and the feelings that I feel watching these actors portray and not even portray, but for Austin Butler, Austin Butler embodied Elvis. It wasn't an Elvis impersonation. It wasn't like a portrayal. It was an embodiment of Elvis in Austin Butler, visually, um, emotionally, uh, physically, the voice alone. I mean, like he's saying it was absolutely incredible. And I know that I'm not saying anything about Tom Hanks because like, I just, Tom Hanks was obviously there and like Tom Hanks, obviously we all know Tom Hanks is like the, one of the actors of like our genera- like generation. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks can, we know what to expect from Tom Hanks, right? Like we know it. We know what he's going to bring to the table. He was in some really crazy like makeup. He was in a big fat suit and a fat, fat prosthetics and a big old crooked nose. And I obviously knew of Elvis. I knew nothing about Tom Hanks's character who Tom Hanks plays Colonel, Colonel, I can't say this word, Colonel, (laughs) that's not right, Colonel, okay, (laughs) first, I don't know why my brain is not working, but I literally cannot think of how to pronounce Colonel, Colonel, Admiral, Elvis calls him Admiral, Tom Parker, (laughs) look, y'all, y'all will know what I'm talking about, and he is, Elvis is like weird, sketchy manager that he had with him through his, the beginning. He like found Elvis. He like discovered Elvis. Well, Elvis was already playing with a band and was already on a, like a local label in Memphis, but he discovered Elvis and it, it, they were together till the end. So, and a lot of people blame him for the downfall of Elvis. Um, I obviously could spoil, but I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil. So I, you can go and watch and like get into the whole, like, the whole plot of the the plot and like the story between them which I was really fascinated to find but I think one of the things that just like it's I'm I, I felt so inspired leaving felt so inspired by Elvis who he was as a person I mean Elvis is an icon he's a hero and just for more than his music but for but for his views on life and for how he was raised and for what he stood for and what he believed I mean watching the part that this man I think it was also really fascinating Baz did a really beautiful job of like showing us kind of this almost like so the scene that they're showing in a lot of the trailer is like that first initial scene of him playing in front of that that audience on that live radio show and he's in like the he's in like the classic like pink like two two set outfit with those like 60 50s like classic shoes the white and black and he like opens his mouth and it's like this disease that spreads through every single woman in the audience and I loved how Baz um captivated that and showed like that kind of insidious growth and I'm using these words that have a negative connotation because I can't it's it like and you'll see it when you see the movie of like that initial spark that goes off in all these people when they're watching Elvis. And that's, I feel like just, it was a great representation of like what happened with him and his career and how he was, he is still the number one solo, the solo artist of like, what was the, what was the stat at the end of the movie? It said Elvis Presley is still the number one solo recording artist of all time. Like still it, 
just showed his influence that he had. And growing up in Memphis and growing up on Beale Street and growing up and being around black artists and musicians and R&B and soul and gospel. And that's where he started and, and, and being that he was like an, a, well, evangelical. Is that what Christian, that's where he was kind of, that's where he came from. Um, it was fascinating to then see how he continued to go back to his roots for inspiration and that was like who he was and part of him and how he was this you know like this white boy but singing this soulful rock and but had gospel undertones and um really was a voice for at the time when it still blows my mind I mean this was taking place in like the 1960s when segregation was alive and well in America and even watching that blew my mind like scenes of watching his him performing for crowds and there's a rope splitting the crowd with like the white side and like the black side is just like crazy it's crazy for me to even see with my eyes and not crazy because I don't believe I mean obviously know that that happened but crazy because that we were once that way I, I just that is just so innately like disturbing and like disgusting to me that it just is like it's just crazy to see and you just all the details about him about how he was people were at like he was loved and beloved but then like there were a lot of politicians and there was a lot of like like higher up people at the time when he was first hitting the scene of like they didn't want anything to do they they thought he was evil they thought he was bad they thought he was like he he was bringing together like the white and the black people and and was like promoting promoting the types of music that like weren't you know was it was like music that like black people listened to and 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 started and played and like that wasn't you know that wasn't allowed and just so crazy that he was then you know they were he was he was arrested and like threatened to arrest him for like performing the way that he performed and like bringing like white and black people together and and which is one of the reasons why they sent him away to the army I always knew that like I remember like hearing that like Elvis went to the army I was like Elvis went to the army like what I didn't really understand like why as kid but like they sent him off to the army to like kind of try to give him this image of like the all-american good you know boy next door because like that's because it, it just crazy 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 and then um god what else they they show like they show obviously you know dr king was shot and then robert kennedy was shot and then there was another one but just showing how elvis responded and like what he felt like humanly and innately that like he was like responsible for to like bring the nation together in a time of such like such terrible hurt and then there was also like the that the Sharon Tate murder happened, um, the Manson murder happened around the same time. They it was there's little like little um, Easter eggs kind of throughout the whole movie. But it was I mean it was fascinating for me to learn more as somebody who like didn't really know like details about obviously know that like he died he died early allegedly died on the toilet and always heard that like he died from drugs like oh Elvis died from drugs like you know blah 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 blah. But like you see why these people are 
driven to draw. It's like it's it was like reminded me of Britney Spears and like all these others. They are workhorses for the people around them. They're workhorses for their manager. They're workhorses for their parents or their family that get involved with business. They're workhorses because they're obsessed and loved and placed on this earth to perform. That is their God-given like gift is to perform and they love it and that's where they feel they where they feel alive and that's obviously that's sometimes a lot of artists and like performers down like downfall too is that like you hear a lot and you taylor swift talks about it in her miss americana documentary of like that's the only time she feels alive is when she's in front of an audience and it can sometimes be um you know it's the it's the blessing but then it's the curse so you you we really get to see the behind the scenes of like okay like the why behind the drug addiction and the life and it was just it was so well done and I cannot speak I I cannot wait to go see it again I need to go see it again like immediately I felt I literally felt like I was on top of the world the adrenaline I had after when I got out of that movie and the way that I felt I I didn't I didn't sleep last night now I also had like a training presentation that I had to do today but I was not nervous about that I literally could not sleep because I just kept singing the songs over you know those moments not moments nights you know those nights where like you you just know that you're never asleep like mentally you're never asleep your mind is just wired and working like that's exactly what I was last night so it was it was I I, I just I still have no words for it um I then like I I love to like dig in and obviously like do the research all behind and like find little tidbits that I find find I find personally fascinating and interesting and like always love sharing but so I guess apparently Austin Butler was um first going to audition and send in a tape with Love Me Tender but after he recorded it he and or filmed or taped it and watched it back he was like completely embarrassed he like didn't want to send in the tape he thought that he looked he was acting just like an Elvis impersonator and it didn't feel real and it felt cheesy so he was like no absolutely not so apparently he then like a couple of days later had a like a really crazy nightmare that his mother who had passed who's already passed was dying again so he like woke up and was like completely overwhelmed and just felt this like sorrow and this grief and he just decided he was like okay I'm just gonna pour all this emotion into music so he he sang I guess he like recorded himself singing Unchained Melody and like sat down at the piano um, and I guess he just had a bathrobe on and just like filmed it and Apparently the video like immediately caught Baz Luhrmann's attention and and Baz was like, apparently he was confused, but like extremely intrigued when he saw this. He was like, okay, is this an audition? Was, was, is he having a mental breakdown? But apparently he asked his meet with Butler like right away and um, gave him, eventually gave him the part. Apparently the other people that were in line and trying to play Elvis, apparently Harry Styles was like hardcore trying to play Elvis, which like Harry Styles is amazing. It would have been great. But like when you see Austin Butler, you you know that Austin Butler was put on this, was meant and put on this earth to portray, 
to, one, to act, and two, to portray Elvis in this, like, biopic. I mean, it is like there's no one else. So it was, who was it? It was Harry Styles was one, Aaron Taylor Johnson, which who I love, but I was like, eh. Um, Miles Teller was another one. Um, Angle Escort, which after his West Side Story, I, I, I was happy to hear that he was being, like, looked at for it and that he wasn't blackballed after things that came out about him about apparently like chatting with like slightly younger slightly younger girl um allegedly allegedly so uh but I always find it interesting like who else is up for is up for the role okay and get this Austin Butler and Elvis are 16th cousins twice removed apparently like dad and mom some one of their dads mom and dad or whatever is is like related and I've never really understood what twice removed meant I don't know if that means like somebody gets married and then divorced I have no I literally have no idea but I thought that was freaking insane that they're actually related which I mean you can tell that the genetics run strong in the Presley family because when I look at Lisa Marie Presley, it's literally Elvis with long hair. I can, I still can't get over to this day how much um, Lisa Marie looks like Elvis. I mean, it's like, it's like startling. So clearly the genetics run strong because when you see uh, Austin Butler in this movie, you're going to poop your pants. Um, apparently there's a four hour cut to the movie. So the movie is two hours and 36 minutes for anyone who's wondering. And there's a four-hour cut to the movie, Baz Luhrmann says, that exists and that, like, might come out. If they put the four, if they put a theatrical four-hour movie out, I would nine sixty million thousand percent watch it. I mean, give me a four-hour movie of that. I mean, that's how good it was. That is how good it was. The budget was $85 million for the movie, too. I mean, that's just, like, wild money. That's crazy to me that people just are like, here, you know, investors or whoever and like, the studios are like, here you go. Here's 85 mil to make this movie. Like, uh, 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 what? <laughs> like, that's crazy. But it's just um, so good. And it's really actually super exciting to hear that the awards are already starting to roll in for it. So Austin Butler has already won Best Actor by the Hollywood Critic Critics Association, the Mid-Season Film Awards. He won um, Best Actor. And they were also nominated for Best Picture and Best Director. Again, not at the Oscars, but for... Um, for the best actor by the Hollywood's Critics Association midseason. No one can stop me. I'm giving it five out of five sideburns. I mean, it is top notch. I've never felt so um, inspired. <laughs> it's been a while leaving a movie in a movie theater. And I've seen some, don't get me wrong. I've seen great, I've seen great movies recently. And I'm somebody who can always really find a way and a rhyme to love a movie also, if you guys are hearing barking and a phone in the background, you're definitely not going crazy. I had a spam call and my dog is being funky while I'm mommy's recording. So yes, that's what you're hearing correctly. So I just, all this made me feel away. It literally put, it put feelings inside of me that I haven't had in a long time and just completely inspired me. And I was like, Elvis has inspired me. Like I'm the biggest, I now like want to know everything about Elvis. I want all of it. I want to listen. I want to be listening to his music. Like I'm so pro Elvis. I can't even like, I just, everything he stood for, everything that he was, how he did what he felt like in his heart, just like, despite, despite people trying to arrest him and trying to like, 
get him to do dumb, stupid things that he didn't. I just, I just so respect him and, um, just really sad and really wish that cause he still would probably be bebopping around performing. So, um, yeah, go out and see it. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what, what people think and what their, what their take is on it. Another movie up on the docket that uh, you can watch on Netflix that I watched um, watched a little bit ago, about a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's Spiderhead on Netflix, and it has it stars Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller. So obviously, like I was like, I need to watch, and it it's it's a uh, it had like a dark kind of ominous feel to it. So the movie takes place it takes place I guess like slightly in the future, not like super crazy futuristic, but it takes place at this facility where certain people who have been incarcerated can choose and decide to go and do their time at this research medical research facility where they have these packs that are like in packs that are like on their, I'm trying to think of like a a elegant way to describe this or like in they're like in them, they're, in their backs and they have different vials of different drugs and they can be they have the people like the researchers and the scientists can release these certain types of drugs in them and they're doing different they're like doing like drug trials essentially but like very interesting like they're dispensed from like a mechanism that is attached to you almost kind of like an insulin I mean I guess that's a perfect way to describe it like an insulin pump and um, Chris Hemsworth is one of the researchers and Miles Teller is one of the one of the one of the prisoners or one of the you know test subjects and um just is a very kind of like like i wouldn't even call it like a psycho thriller it's definitely like an action thriller um kind of eerie and weird i thought it was it has like the greatest potential to be like the storyline is very interesting It, it it was very well done I will say like it was a it was a well done movie for Netflix and I it was very entertaining like I wanted to watch it I I, I got stopped a couple of times when I first started it because I was at home but I made I made a point to like sit down and watch Spiderhead because I wanted I wanted to finish it it was just, it was so good um I think personally I think the standout I know Chris Hemsworth might be considered like the bigger actor between Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth, but I'm going to be honest, Miles Teller, bar none, was, I was way more, Chris Hemsworth's performance was fine. Um, I feel like anyone could have done that. I feel like the role that he played, he plays kind of like mad scientist a little bit, kind of like neurotic, um, kind of type A, clean cut. I kind of also would think of, um, was it Jason Bate? Not Jason. Um, whatever Christian Bale's character in American Psycho was kind of reminded me of that, like very type A, very clean, control free, kind of nut scientist that could just snap at any time. Very charismatic. So, you know, that he's kind of like a socio psychopath. But um, yeah, so for me, the way that Chris Hemsworth played it, it felt a little like, I don't know why the words keep coming to mind. It felt a little cheesy. It felt a little like not real. Again, he did the role and he did the part, but I wasn't I wasn't sold on it. Now, Miles Teller, I think, is an incredible dramatic performer. Miles Teller is funny, and Miles Teller is also, like, an insanely great dramatic actor. And I think his acting in this movie was, like, the, the, best, the best part. 
honestly. Um, Storyline's pretty cool. There are a couple of twists that I'm like, dang, didn't see that coming. But Miles Teller's performance, I think, was the best part to come out of that movie. So this is kind of hard because I think my rating, I mean, after giving Elvis a five, like, it just kind of, like, puts things in perspective. So I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it... My initial rating is 2.5, and I feel like that's low, and that wouldn't make somebody watch it. We'll give it a 3, because, again, it's entertaining, and for Netflix, and for a movie, and it's a good, it's a good, good, easy watch. It's like an hour and 40 minutes or something, so it's nothing, like, too insane. Um... Interesting enough, interestingly enough, um, Joseph Kaczynski, also, who was the director of this movie, also directed Top Gun Maverick, which this came out three weeks after Top Gun did. So it was like, you know, great for Miles Teller to have all this release. So if you're looking for something, if you're looking for like a thrillery action, kind of like odd, um, not it's kind of futuristic-y, not too much then definitely watch it. Extremely entertaining. And that's Spiderhead on Netflix. Next up topic I want to talk about. It was finally released. It's finally here. We've been getting rumors about it forever. Never knowing if it was going to be real or not. Never knowing if our dreams were going to become a reality. Hocus Pocus 2 trailer has finally released. And it's coming out on Disney Plus. So you know it's going to be good. I watched the trailer Everyone's got, well, all the, all the OGs, our OG witches are back, baby. Sarah Jessica Parther, Kathy Najimy, Bette Midler, the three Sanderson sisters are back at it again. And I am so excited considering this is one of like my birthright movies. One of the movies I was raised on, one of the movies that I think is a cult classic and some of the best character acting I have ever seen. Um, It's coming, it's coming out in September, I believe is when it's going to be released. So... The story takes place, the Sanderson sisters are back. We have a cast of like three young, three young friends and they bring, they bring the Sanderson sisters back and have to, it's like a whole new, it's a whole new tale. And it looks like some of the girls may have some powers of their own that is teased in the trailer. So we'll see. But, um, so very excited Again, that's due out on Disney Plus, and quality looked good. I mean, you have big names on it. The guy who plays Billy, Doug Jones, he's re- reprising Billy. Uh, Thora Birch, who played Danny, really wanted to come back for the for the movie, but I guess something happened with scheduling, which is like such a big bummer. But we but we do have we we have our witches, so I cannot wait to watch that, and hopefully, it is worth it and it is good. Let's bebop in. Let's make a quick shift and let's chat about some TV. So I know in the last episode I talked about Stranger Things Volume 1, Stranger Things Season 4 Volume 1. I have finished Stranger Things 4 Volume 2. I have to say Stranger Things, even though it's a show that I I think I mentioned this on last episode, this show does have moments where there is so much going on and it is such like very you have to follow if you're not following and if you like kind of flick away for a second you're gonna be kind of confused you can get back on track though but that was my experience that there are they do make their seasons pretty pretty girthy so like you got a lot of episodes and they're all 45 minutes 
Now with the volume one and volume two, we're looking at hour long episodes and the, and the finale is like a two hour long episode, which I loved and loved every minute of. The production scale of the show is insane. The actual quality of production, the CGI, um, everything is like just top, it's just top notch TV. Like I, I cannot get over how good it is. That's like what makes the show, I mean, obviously like the nostalgia of the show, but just the effects, the CGI, the quality, like the production value, the budget that they have, the acting, everything is just, it's the perfect storm for a great show. I think the writing has been incredible. I think how they have wrapped up these seasons. Now we have one more season. Season five will be the final installment of the show. But how this story has connected every single season in ways that we don't know yet, in ways that we didn't see coming, I think it's brilliant. I think the character arcs of some of the recent characters in season four were absolutely brilliant. It is just a pound for pound. It is a great show. I, I loved volume four, I think, was only three episodes, but they were all long. They were like an hour and a half, hour and a half and like two hours and it sets it beautifully up for season five and I will be ready for it. So yeah, Stranger Things, I can, I, I will say this. I was, I was thinking about this earlier. Stranger Things isn't one of my, like, if you were to ask me one of my favorite shows, I don't think I would rattle off Stranger Things like right away. It's definitely up there, but I just think, I just think besides that, it is just some of the greatest, some of the greatest just storytelling visually and the story is just unique and odd and weird and the characters and the acting have just gotten incredible and I think the character growth in each of the character eh, not each of the characters or some like Lucas like I mean do we I, I don't know like Lucas had some big parts in this show but for everyone else um and the even secondary characters of Stranger Things, I think sometimes are in people are saying, and I, I, I can even attest to this in volume in season four, like some of the secondary characters are even like outshine some of the main characters. It's just really great. The music, everything. It's just really quality TV. So if you're in it and you're watching it, like you're in for you're in for a little treat sees for volume two. All right, let's go on to something that I have been waiting to talk about for like the last, I want to talk about this last episode. I was like, no, I'll wait. And okay, so it's happening. It's happening. One of my favorite, well, one, we're getting House of Dragon that's coming out in August 20, uh, 21st on HBO Max, the first Game of Thrones spinoff. But we are getting a Jon Snow spinoff. I am so excited. I wanted to like sing the theme song. <laughs> I know it's not going to be that theme song, but you know it's just going to be just as good. So George R.R. R. Martin did confirm that Snow, which is the working title of the Game of Thrones spinoff, is in works. And Kit Harington, Kit Harington, who is the actor who played plays Jon Snow, he is at the helm of the creation. So I guess he is like taking this. It is his project. He has created his own showrunners and writing team. Like they brought it to George R. R. Martin. They're like, we want to do this. And like they're working together. So like he's definitely in on it. Apparently this spinoff has been in the works since like 
all like since the beginning with House of um, House of the Dragon. And there's two other spinoffs that are also being written and in works. I think everything is in like stage two or three of like script writing and notes and nothing's been I think those haven't been greenlit. Snow is definitely going to happen. Like Snow is in like they're they're contracted with HBO Max right now. So he was he was pretty tight lipped. I mean, he gave a lot of information. He said that, you know, Kit has the whole team. They have the script. They have the idea like he's been working on this. He says it like obviously like George R. R. Martin, the author of Game of Thrones, he's in on it and is saying that like there's some really, really great stuff that's coming out of the the writing process and the script. But the script is done and um, they are just now in like they're kind of finishing stages of writing and then they have to get the show actually like greenlit and all of that. So I, I, I cannot believe that we're about I'm I'm very excited about House of House of the Dragon. I cannot wait to watch and watch that story unfold but i i just think that we were our hearts were ripped out obviously at the end of game of thrones go back and listen to therapy of thrones if you've just now watched game of thrones and finished it i have a whole episode we 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 dive into everything okay it's literally therapy of thrones because we all needed it after the finale even though i loved it and since i'm when i'm a stan i'm a stan and i stand by my stuff and i love it but we can still like talk about what we did in length right or where we felt shortchanged a little bit so the fact that Jon Snow rides off into the sunset and actually not a sunset at all. I completely disregard that statement. Jon Snow at the end of Game of Thrones. Oh, I probably shouldn't. Spoiler alert. Except it wasn't a spoiler alert because I didn't say anything, but I did catch myself. So I'm not going to continue. Let's just say. Okay, whatever. Spoiler alert. Jon Snow's storyline sucks. And the ending of his storyline is sad and it's and it's like depressing and like after all of that like that's what we're left with that's what we're left with so I'm excited to pick up and see where Jon Snow what Jon Snow has been up to at the wall what 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 he's doing what his what his life is like how seeing his beautiful face seeing him in big black furry cloaks and 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 weapons I just I cannot I cannot wait and it's gonna be great tv and I think House of Dragons is gonna be freaking epic so that is just there's just we have really really beautiful things on the horizon to look forward to and I hope that we're all excited about it or at least I am well everyone what a lovely time I've had (laughs) what a lovely time um that's it for this week's episode if you're still listening at this point love you thanks for being here I've enjoyed it I hope you've enjoyed it Um, I will be back uh, next Monday. We'll have another episode. Sharing is always encouraged. Um, If you feel so inclined, please go out and give me five stars wherever you're listening, either on Apple or Spotify. I would greatly appreciate that. Greatly appreciate any love of sharing. And let me know what your favorite part of this episode is. I always love when people um, slide into the DMs and we have a quick little like chit chat about something that they liked or um, we're talking about movies and being like oh my god yes it was so good so let me know what your favorite part of the episode was because I love to hear it well this has been another episode of mad yet mighty I'm your host Megan Cipollone and I will talk to you next time (laughs)